So glad you're with us this morning on All Things Apostolic. I want to talk to you a little bit today on a personal level about excellence. Excellence in your life. One of the things that <clears throat> intrigues me and sometimes bothers me is that we take so little time to think about the value of our life and how much of that value are we getting out of our life. And of course, because we're living for God, it's how much are we getting out in terms of pleasing our master that we serve. So <clears throat> when we talk about this, a lot of people don't quite understand that there is a whole lot that has to be done for you and I to find excellence in our lives. And some of it is not just exciting, fun stuff. It's stuff that's satisfying. It's stuff that's gratifying. But it's, it's, uh, it requires discipline. It requires uh, staying with it. There's been a long time argument when it comes to ministry, preaching ministry, especially among Pentecostals, as to whether people should have requirements to become licensed to preach by a recognized licensing group, um, and whether there are certain studies that they should complete, and whether there are certain books that they should have read, and um, <clears throat> and uh, whether or not they should have even been required to do anything except be saved and acknowledge in their lives that they feel like God has given them a call to ministry. So I want to talk about that today. There's, there's, there's pros and cons on both sides of this argument. One thing is you can find people who got saved. God transformed their life in a miraculous way. And as a result of that, uh, they felt called to preach and started preaching and were effective in their preaching. Now, most of the time, this kind of preaching, and it's very important preaching, is preaching that revolves around their testimony or revolves around telling stories of other people's testimonies, which become very positive motivational factors for other people to come that need deliverance, that need victory in their lives, to come to the altar and get saved and find God. Many times, the ability of, of a preacher, if he is an evangelist, the ability to move the crowd and to push them to the point that demands a verdict is an anointed gift that is as important, perhaps, as anything else in their ministry. But if at some time that person who has a list of sermons that they can preach that, um, that have this power in them when they're delivered with a, an anointed messenger, uh, if they stop and begin to pastor a church, they find out that there is a whole different gamut of challenges that confronts them in ways that they have not been previously confronted. So you preach out the sermons that you had. You find that now there are people problems. There are marriage problems. There are child-rearing problems. There are uh, uh, mental and emotional problems.
problems. Um, there are financial challenges that people have in their lives. There are uh, child-rearing situations. All of these things come into play. And so a preacher, there's false doctrines that come into the church. So, so a preacher has now all of these things that he has to have some way to deal with them. And life changes dramatically. So if a person's not equipped, if they have never been taught a lot of things in these areas, if they've never been taught anything besides basic precepts of salvation and everything else is just things they've heard in snatches of conversation, then the people that suffer is not only the preacher with stress of trying to figure out what to do, but the people because people need to be fed. And so I've preached in churches where um, it was pretty evident that the people had lived on very slim meals. And sometimes it was little more than gruel, bread and water, enough perhaps to keep a person alive, but not enough to be robust and become the living body with strength that can... um, catapult the gospel message and the kingdom of God forward uh, as people with world-class power. And this always bothered me that, um, that we didn't have methods and ways and structures to help people to be able to do this, to find a ladder, to find a portal, a door that would lead them upward and give them opportunity to maximize or at least greatly maximize their own potentiality. Now, there's some people not interested in this. And another thing that I've discovered is that a lot of people, this kind of conversation scares them. It scares them and they because they don't feel like they don't know if they're competent to learn on a structured basis. The fact of the matter is, is that very, very seldom do you find someone that God has called to ministry that is inadequate to learn more. Those are psychological and emotional fears that come from uh, lack of experience in learning or whatever factors in their lives have an environment have created this. And then there's resistance in some cases to learning more because in the history of Pentecost, if you go back to Azusa Street in 1906, 7, 8, long in there, there was opposition. And oftentimes the the educated preachers who were denominal preachers were the people in the opposition to the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in these services. They were the ones leading the charge and accusing it of being all kinds of spurious things instead of a real move of God. And so, obviously, our forefathers looked at that and said, who wants that kind of education? They're educated right out of knowing the move of God when they see one. And they were. Many of those people had never experienced anything like that. It was new to them. And I suppose some of them were very sincere in their opposition, but they were sincerely wrong. So, at any rate, this was the case. And so when they saw that educated people appeared to be opposed to the move of God, not understanding that everybody educated was not opposed. But when they saw this, you can go back and read articles 
that were written in the Los Angeles Times. You can still go back and those, those, those copies still exist. And you can read where the negative things that were said about the move of God, that these people are rolling around on the floor and that, uh, and that uh, black people and white people are worshiping together of all things. And, and all of this was part and parcel of what was said. And so people said, who, who needs that? We don't want that. So those things carried through from them to their sons and to their grandsons, who would be our grandparents, uh, which created a certain reserve. Well, my, my answer to that would be that there was no institutions of apostolic education that taught not only the formal things that you have to get in a classroom, but also had um, a very long tenured understanding of and experience with the dynamic side of Christianity, where signs and wonders and miracles, deliverances, salvation, anointing, infilling of the Holy Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, all of that's on the dynamic side of this list. A lot of people didn't understand that those things can be discussed in a classroom and need to be because there are things over here on the formal side that create the banks to carry that river of the Holy Ghost in it. Without those banks, a river without levees becomes a marsh and it just runs out. It goes wider, but it gets thinner. It's not any longer deep, it's shallow. And it also becomes a place to uh, breed disease and mosquitoes and all kinds of things. So the, the topology there, the, the, uh, the parallel, it holds, it's true. And we see these things happening and it's disturbing and it's distressing and it's aggravating and frustrating to see people sincerely trying to do ministry and not being properly equipped. Now, I want to say, I think a person can be successful without coming to Wilson University. But I will tell you this, within the apostolic movement, to become a world-class leader in all of the ways that that phrase defines, a world-class apostolic leader, I think that we would have to pause long and think hard for us to embrace the idea that anybody can come to that without any formal structured understanding of the Word of God and, and of how the Bible building blocks fit and the Old Testament and the New Testament and getting past like arithmetic. You had it in the first grade, the second grade, the third grade, the fourth grade. Fifth. You had it all the way through high school till you got to geometry of algebra, then geometry, and then you go to calculus in your in college, and then you go, it, it never stops. It's layered. Well, this is the way it is. And this is why it concerns us greatly that people do not have understanding of the importance of joining places like Wilson University. So with that said, we have a Master of Arts of Leadership that the application deadline is April the 10th, which is right around the corner. So if you are a pastor today, 
Now, I don't know who's with us on this, so so uh, who's viewing and who's listening, and so I'm certainly not picking on anybody, but if you're a pastor today, are you even thinking about these things? Maybe you're thinking, a, a master's program, I don't even have a bachelor's. Well, we have a Bachelor of Science in Christian Ministry degree, a Bachelor of Science in Christian Ministry degree starting on May the 1st. Or if you want to just start an AA, there's an AA uh, in the general studies that's required to get any kind of BA. That also starts on May the 1st. I want you to think about this. If you have questions about this or if you want to discuss this, then you need to contact. You can contact me. I'll be glad to talk to you about it. Uh, if, you're, if you're ready to sign the application, go to wilsonuniversity.org. And if you mentioned while you're there that you heard this on All Things Apostolic, then you can get your uh, application fee waived, which is $40 that, that you will save. But I'm just saying, we're not about just getting people to go to school. We're about probing and making you think, what do I know? And am I hiding behind my ignorance? Or am I willing to face that thing head on and say, the way I'm going to handle my ignorance of the Word of God is I'm going to get somewhere with some people that know how to help me get to where I need to be and that I can feed these people and that I can preach this with authority and that I have a broad-based understanding of the Word of God. These are important things. Don't let anybody talk you into dissing this as though this is not important. This is the difference, not in your ministry, when you're just young and and the main thing that you're contributing is, is anointing and dynamic power. But as you grow and you get into the areas where people need help, the more you know, the better off you are. And the more it gives spiritual formation to your own spirit, which emanates, which the Word of God emanates through that spirit. So the quality of your preaching also depends upon the maturation of your spiritual formation. Just think about it. Thank you for being with me today.